0: and welcome back to the Wisconsin Show Choir Download. I'm your host, William Sokey, and this is episode number 48 of The Download. This episode is brought to you by Barstool Show Choir, who is one of the nation's leading sources of show choir news and rankings and everything like that. So please, if you have some time and you want to learn more about the nationwide show choir scene, visit Barstool Show Choir. The first weekend of competition season was this past weekend, January 7th, big day, lots to talk about. I saw 20 total shows, so I myself have a lot to talk about as well, and I'm very excited to get into that as well. But before I get into that, I do just want to say that I did three interviews across both the Colby and Green Bay East events, and so I threw those all together in one episode and posted it and so if you are listening to this that means that it is live it is episode number 47 so whatever podcast player you are playing this on just go right back in the feed and it will be there so a couple other house cleaning things for this episode The first thing that I want to mention is that I was made aware of the passing of former Broadhead director Dan Calhoun, and I would just like to take a moment to recognize him because he was really the man that put Broadhead on the map. Uh, He was the one that essentially started their show choir program with not just one, but two groups at which for a small school like Broadhead to have two groups until essentially the pandemic is a really big feat and he led broadhead to a lot of success also started there in the spotlight competition so i just wanted to make a remembrance of him and his passing on a lighter note i did also see a news article that green bay southwest show choir alumni felix torres is now on broadway in a production of sweeney todd so i distinctly remember being in high school and watching some of the shows that Felix were in. In fact, I remember sitting in the auditorium at Eau Claire Memorial when he was called for Best Male Soloist, uh, which I think coming out of the prep division, I knew it was a big thing at the time. I just didn't know that it was going to lead all the way to Broadway. So that was something really cool that I saw. Another really cool thing, I did have a member of the Craig Spotlighters reach out to me and give me some information On their group this year because I didn't have a ton of it for the season preview episode so the choreographer for the spotlighters this year is Ben Eklund which this will be his second season choreographing the group and then their competition schedule Burlington this weekend and then Milton lacrosse central Fort Atkinson El Paso Gridley and Totino grace so I feel like this that's maybe the At least third maybe fourth Wisconsin choir I've seen that's going to El Paso Gridley so we're definitely gonna have a large out-of-state segment for I think that's the first weekend of February so that is something to look forward to a not cool thing that I heard about I did have someone contact me and say that the show choir program at Madison East is not active at the present time so That is officially confirmed that Madison East will not have a show choir this year. Did not receive a reason why, but have received it uh, on good authority that Madison East will not have a show choir program this year. Another thing that I believe this is the resolution to it, this has been an ongoing saga for a little while. There is. And I'm pretty sure I can say this, I'm like 95% sure, and I really hope this doesn't come back to bite me that the Lacrosse Middle Schools Combined Show Choir program is all of the combined middle schools. Initially, when the Onalaska schedule dropped, it did have a group for just Logan Middle School, but that has since been amended on showchoir.com to just the Lacrosse Middle Schools groups. So I don't know what the little holdup was there. I mean, the Onalaska schedule, as we will discuss a little bit later, is a little bit suspect in another place as well. So however it happened, uh, I do believe that there is no more individualized lacrosse middle school show choir. So with after that kind of long house cleaning section, let's get into the review portion of this competition weekly episode For those of you who this is perhaps your first season listening to the download, and for those of you that haven't listened to a Show Choir podcast since last year, that's quite alright. The way I do competition weekly episodes is that I essentially go through all of the things that happened on stage in the previous week, and then I go and I kind of analyze that, and then I go talk about what will be on stage this coming weekend. So we will start with the review portion and we will start with the out-of-state groups or I should say the groups from Wisconsin that competed out-of-state this past weekend of which there were only one that was Holman's Midwest Express at Des Moines Christian. They did not make finals. I said in last week's episode that I thought that it would be an uphill battle but still attainable and uh, unfortunately they wound up outside of the evening finals so that is obviously not very a good way to start a competition season, but I do hope that those in Midwest Express did learn some things, take some things away from that competition. Now we head over to Green Bay East, which is one of the shows that I was at. This is their annual show choir Shibango. And this year they actually credit to Kevin Flogel and everybody over at East they did turn this into like a clinic and then showcase because when it first started in 2020, I was there for the first one. It was just kind of like a show up and perform kind of deal. And it was a chance to see a bunch of local shows at the same time. Now, from my understanding, uh, from being there at the performance, it was kind of like an all afternoon thing. And then culminating at with a performance at seven, they did have a number of clinicians, which I thought was incredibly useful to all of the choirs. A couple of the clinicians that I heard the MC say uh, that were names that I recognized were Jennifer Galsvig and Matthew Endries. So Jennifer Galsvig, freelance choreographer, director at Sock Prairie Middle School, and then Matthew Endries, one of the, I would say, more prominent band and band critique judges for show choir competition in the state. I believe the MC also said that Terry Hudson was a clinician and then I did not recognize the fourth name and I really didn't have any ideas on it either. So at least there were some clinicians there and so with that I will get into my reviews of the groups that were there. This was a non-competitive event so there were no placements to talk about or things like that and I will just do my analysis in order of how the groups performed at green bay east so we will start off with the bayview middle school show choir they did a tarzan set and i think that i'm really questioning why this show choir hasn't competed since like ever because they do have plans to be at new london this year i was really impressed with their show I think at one point they had a tap quartet, a vocal quartet, and like some trash can props going on on the stage all at the same time. So there was kind of a lot going on, but I thought that they sang really well. I thought that their choreography was executed really well for a middle school group. So whoever is in the middle school division at New London, uh, you're going to have a run for your money with Bayview. They also have a really special moment in their ballad, which I really liked. And for those of you who were there at Green Bay East, you know what I'm talking about. Next, we have the Ashwabanon Encore. They did a La La Land themed show, and it did have a number of singer-dancers play certain roles throughout the show. And if you're familiar with La La Land, you can probably guess what I'm talking about. And the reason I say this is because I think I'm going to throw out the S-word here. And this this might make some people a little bit upset, but I am am going to say that this show bordered on being a story show. So I do think that it was a really big leap for them, and I do applaud them for doing that. I thought that the singer-dancers who played the characters were really outstanding in what they did, I just wanted a little bit more from the group as a whole. There were moments where like the whole group was unified in either their singing or their choreography. And I just wanted like a little bit more volume or like a little more intensity or something like that from the group. I did also really enjoy the ballad. I think that there's very rarely a time that you can go wrong with just having a duet in the ballad. So I really liked the ballad as well. We will move now to... The DePierre Chicago Street Singers Group, so this is DePierre's women's group, they did, continuing the kind of theme trend at this event, they did a Gloria Estefan set, which I thought came a little bit out of left field, but nonetheless, it was a really fun show to watch, it was very what you would expect of a Gloria Estefan themed set it was very upbeat the whole time the first dresses were like orange and yellow and red and I thought that that brought out a really fun atmosphere right out of the gate this is another one where I thought that I could use a little bit more volume from the group as a whole and then their ballad I also enjoyed their ballad was almost entirely in Spanish there weren't programs so I couldn't tell you the name of the song but I did enjoy that they also took a leap in that they did a ballad that was almost entirely in a different language. So uh, I don't know. I think they'll be at New London and probably, I think, Green Bay Southwest as well. I don't have that note in front of me, but it will be very interesting to see where they place this season as well. The Green Bay Southwest Spotlight Singers are doing a set about time this year they had a really cool opener i thought that especially the opening few moments uh you didn't really know what was going to happen next just in terms of like where the song went and so i thought that that was cool uh the ballad i'd also enjoyed this ballad this is just going to sound like me being a broken record but they had a cool three song mashup for the ballad which was mostly contemporary songs i want to say but that also it the ballad definitely served as the turning point of the set and so i very much appreciated that you could have a definitive turning point within even one song that you could pick out like a moment and say like that is kind of like the turning point for the set i thought that this group filled the stage very well for having only about 20 performers on stage but just couple things that I would say to them I would say just have a more vocal endurance because I thought that the energy kind of like at the end of phrases was lacking a little bit and then also I just wanted like a little bit more complex of band arrangements like I, I felt like the horns were a little bit underutilized and so I would have liked a little bit more from the band there. Moving to De Pere's jam session I thought that This was a really solid show. I thought that it was probably the best show that I saw tonight or Saturday night. And if you listen to the interview episode, I asked Odie Birkin the, the same question of what was the best show you saw tonight. And she gave the same answer. I would agree with that. I would say that this show was probably a very solid finals caliber show had it competed at Colby that same day their opener was just filled with tension. They're doing a James Bond set. And so kind of drawing in the mood is more important to this set than it is to a lot of other sets. And so it was a very powerful opening. And then in the second song, there's this soloist that just brings out the tension in the show. And so this one is one where My favorite song was actually The Closer. I thought that The Closer was just a complete show of both the vocal and the dancing power that this group has. I thought that that was one of the few times across the entire day where I was like, okay, that group left everything on the stage in their closer. And so one thing I would say is that the choreography in places throughout the set, uh, not really The Closer, but some of the other songs could be cleaned a little bit more. But I think that this show will compete very well this year. And then the final group that I saw at the Shebango was the host group, Green Bay East. I did get a little bit of deja vu because they opened with the same song that Mayville opened with earlier in the day. So I was like, oh no, this could get a little interesting. But then the set went a completely different direction than Mayville's did. So I thought that it was a very solid show from East this year. I do believe that it is a step up from where i saw them last year and last year they did make finals at pierce so i think that this is at least a step up from that and so i did once again like the ballad i thought that it kind of fits the mold of what you think of for green bay east ballad they've had a couple of really good power ballads in the last half decade and i think that this one will continue that tradition. And then the other thing that I liked is that the intensity ratchets up throughout the closer. So, and I, I especially liked the vocal sound. Um, the choreography was fine, but I, I did uh, enjoy the level of vocals that that group brought to the stage as well. So those are my thoughts on the groups at Green Bay East. And so we will move to the actual competitions that happened in the state Last weekend the first one of those is the Viterbo 101 competition. The final results of that one, Omaha Westside's amazing technicolor show choir takes the grand championship along with all of the major caption awards. Lacrosse Central Grand Central Station in second place followed by Cedar Rapids Washington Momentum xavier zilleration and then in fifth place sauk prairie executive session sixth place west salem sensations and then seventh place the logan class act group the prep results west salem's vivace took home the divisional win sauk prairie's ytbn in second place and then cotter in third place and then the middle school competition results lacrosse central or excuse me just lacrosse star power alpha taking home the win followed by metal view adrenaline rush on alaska top of the middle and on alaska in the middle folks this is the part of the episode where i say that it is show choir season therefore it is open season on making me look like a fool just about every prediction that i made for this competition turned out to be almost entirely wrong We'll start with the middle school division. I said that I would have Onalaska top of the middle for a pretty clear win. Well, that didn't happen, they were third place. Major credit to everybody who performed in the middle school division, clearly it was it was a high level of competition. Also, the prep division results I said, oh, YTBN hasn't dropped a women's division in-state for a long time. I don't see that changing, and sure enough, they do. So a major congrats to West Salem Vivace, who I, I did say was a solid show, but I guess that I did not expect it to be on the level of YTBN, so congrats to West Salem there. And then in the varsity division, things were just a little bit all over the place. We're gonna start with the fact that they took seven finalists, which to me just, I'm sorry, it makes no sense. The point of finals, first of all, is to actually be a championship sing-off. And then second of all, when you have a state standard and more of a regional standard that finals will consist of six groups, especially when you have seven varsity groups, I don't get the need to include all seven of them in finals and i do kind of a little bit maybe see the argument of well it would be bad to leave just one group out well okay that's fine then just don't run a finals if you're gonna have everybody just compete against each other again okay uh, probably i don't know if it was in the same performance order or not just don't do it a second time because while of course you can pick up things from a critique judge or this or that or whatever if there's no delineation in between the first round and the second round in terms of number of groups i really i don't i don't see it the other couple things to note here is that number one none of the prep groups made finals so i did say potentially watch for that and then number two just the actual results i think that lacrosse central came in to this season riding a wave of momentum and the momentum shows no signs of stopping dare i say that this group may be approaching the form that it had for most of the 2010s under mike esser i think that this is a very dangerous group from here on out i think that they should be regarded as such I don't think I'll be able to see their show live this year, which is a shame. I will definitely be looking for live streams or videos of it later in the season just because of where they placed and they beat Cedar Rapids, Washington, which is no slouch of a group. I think that that's a very good thing for them. And then you also had Wisconsin groups taking the bottom three spots in finals. And this was just a complete kind of jumble from where I thought things would be. Xavier I pegged to miss finals and they finished fourth so that shows how much I know about Iowa and then you had Sock Prairie fifth West Salem sixth and Logan seventh I would say West Salem is one of the standout performers of this competition with their women's group Vivace taking home the win and then their varsity group Sensations not being the bottom group in finals and I don't care if there's seven in finals you know even if I would assume, uh, unless something changed between prelims and finals, that they would have made finals if they only took six groups. So I think that that's something for West Salem to definitely hang their hat on going forward. And they will have an opportunity to apply that immediately as they will be competing this weekend. We will get to the other competition that happened in the state this weekend and that is the Colby Central Wisconsin Show Choir Spectacular. I did watch all but one show of prelims so I will have notes for every group in a little bit but first let's just talk about how the results went down. The final results the Onalaska Hilltoppers first place again all the major captions and then Toma Limited Edition as the first runner-up followed by North St. Paul's Northern Lights, New London Vision, Nina Vintage, and Mayville Cardinal Singers. I will talk more clearly about the groups in a little bit, but I think that this is huge for Toma. I talked about how they were kind of a question mark going into this competition just because their performance level, I think, fluctuates a little bit more than a lot of other show choirs in this state, and so you never really know where they're at until the season starts and this was huge for them. I thought that this was a really good showing for them and will give them a lot of momentum before they head to Iowa for the West Branch competition on the 21st. New London Vision, I thought that this was a great effort for them as well, finishing in fourth place. I had them pegged as one of my groups to watch this season and they definitely lived up to the billing. So I will happily take credit for at least one of my five groups to watch being actually one that I think uh, is on the upswing and that the placements perhaps reflect that as well Nina came out with a very small group and I thought that honestly their fifth place uh, was about where they would fall I had them fourth after prelims so it wasn't that much of a jump from where I thought they would be Uh, and then Mayville I thought that it was a very solid finals appearance for them. Uh, there were a number of groups that I thought were very close for the sixth final spot. I think that the top five all kind of broke away a, a little bit in prelims. And then going for that sixth spot along with Mayville, I had Eau Claire Memorial, Plymouth and Chippewa Falls. So they, I had those four groups all very close. And so congrats to Mayville for being the best of what i thought was a close group of four so now we will get into the good stuff i saw 13 shows and so i will comment a little bit about all of the shows that i saw we will start out with the first show of the day which is the medford momentum show i was really impressed with the numbers they put out on stage in their return to the competitive scene I think that their numbers would make a lot of varsity groups turn green with Envy this year. So I was really impressed with just the interest that they got. I thought that you could tell that it had been a few years since anybody at Medford had done choreography. It just looked a little bit unnatural, and but that that'll come with time. That will come with just doing it more. And that's just one of the growing pains that as a returning first year program, you have to deal with. I thought that their ballad was interesting. Uh, It was definitely a risk to go with an acapella section in their ballad. I don't know if the intonation stayed where it needed to in that ballad. But again, that's something where you can practice it and that's fixable. But I thought that the ending of the ballad, after the accompaniment came back in, and especially the last ending ballad chord, I thought was a great moment, especially for the first show of the day. And then the closer was a very solid and intense number, which was one of the times where I'm like, okay, like I think that was that was the group's best performance. So I'm really excited to hopefully see them at New London in a couple of weeks and congrats again to them for returning to the competitive scene. The Onalaska Express groups was the other group in the prep division. Their opener, although it was delayed a little bit, I think there was some trouble in the band setting up, so you had to wait a little bit for the opener but i was just like wow like this is just a classic express set like the vocals the choreo the solos like this is all just kind of typically what you would expect from the onalaska program as a whole and even from their prep group express i had this thought during their ladies number i'm like this group would be incredibly competitive as a women's group and then you throw in the guys in there and the guys are no slouch either the guys definitely don't Subtract to the group. They add to the group as well. And so it's just again just a really really solid prep group The last ballad chord again, I thought was good there and then Right after the ballad they had a song about being irrational or whatever and they had a soloist that just kind of killed it on stage and uh, It turns out I would, I'm like hey, you know Can I give whoever the soloist is a shout out and it turns out that the soloist is uh, Sonia Scheneker who is in Express right now and those of you who have been listening to the download for a while that name might sound a little bit familiar to you because her sister Rachel picked up a number of best soloist awards during the 2020 season and I do believe there is another Schenneker sister in there as well I think Kristen maybe so one of Wisconsin's show choir dynasties, still alive and well, just on the family side there with the Schenickers The moments where I thought things could be improved, there was a good bit of complexity in the choreography, but it was not totally clean everywhere. So just some of that routine cleaning stuff. And then also the costume change was a little rough. And this does kind of sound like me dunking on a prep group but this is just something where just make sure you communicate with the people you need to who are with you on your side of the stage when do we come back on you know where are everybody's costumes on the rack so that nothing gets confused or anything like that so it's just again it's just very easy fixable stuff so i really enjoyed the onalaska express show as well we will move to the varsity shows now the first one of the day was the eau claire north Airs. and i thought that right out of the gate they brought a really good cheering section for them which i get that they're only an hour away but sometimes that doesn't happen for some of these smaller varsity groups so i was really glad to see that they brought a lot of support with them i did enjoy their first costume for the guys which were silver suits i thought that it fit well with some of the other black stuff some of the other things that I thought about Airs, they were really able to bring the energy at points. You could tell when the energy was shifting up or shifting down in the set. The one thing I will say is that you kind of have to control that energy and that you have to focus that energy and make it work for a point. The other thing I thought is that you just kind of have to make a more definitive turning point in the show, and that's just something from a show design standpoint. Uh, they were kind of singing about dreams but they weren't in their like colorful costumes yet because they were doing a show about color and so there were just a, a little a couple of uh, incongruities on the show design side but overall i thought it was for northern airs a good show the next show of the day was from new london vision i've said it before and i'll say it again i really relate personally to sets that kevin spindler designs and this one was no different than all of the other ones. I loved the opening song choice. I thought that there was a lot of tension in there. And the choreography, while it was not the most complex that I saw on the day, I thought that it was very appropriate for the song. And it also, give me ripples seven out of seven days of the week. I'm a sucker for ripples. You execute them well, I'm very happy. The ballad, I've said this, a lot this episode but the ballad was really good it, it made me feel things and that was the first ballad of the day that i had watched that had actually made me feel things the closer i thought was really good as well just kind of going with the they they did a rock song out of the 80s i, I can't remember which one my notes are unfortunately not the most specific But anyways, I liked their closer choice as well. And after I watched that show, I'm like, okay, that I do believe will be a very solid final show. And it did. So New London, I think they've definitely taken at least one, I would say probably two steps forward from where they were last year. So I would say that New London is definitely a group to watch for the rest of the season as well. Moving on to the next show I saw, which was the Plymouth Momentum group they did a show about the machine uh, and by the the machine i mean like the work and the industrializing and things like that and if you listen to the interview episode you'll learn more about their show i loved their costume choice for the guys with flannels i'm sorry i am your average midwesterner i do love myself some good flannels so i really did like that i did think that there were moments where you could definitely flip the switch and you could tell that the story had shifted along to another part i thought that they some of the things that i thought could be improved about the show there were moments in the vocals where the timing just was not entirely on point And then I also thought that the ballad was a little long for my liking. I thought that it like kind of reached its peak and then it just kind of like went on for another minute or minute and a half. So just, I thought it was a little bit long, but it didn't detract from my enjoyment mostly at all. So Plymouth, I thought, you know, this is a show that definitely could make finals depending on how the afternoon shakes and they didn't, but I definitely don't think that they were that far out of finals. The Chippewa Falls Chai High Harmonics were the next show on the schedule. Again, this was a group where I liked their costume choices. I did think that both their girls and their guys' costumes were consistently good. So it was that. And they had a trio within the show. I think this was maybe in the closer or in the song before the closer. So shout out the trio I think this was in the song before the closer because I think it was just them on stage. So the trio did a really good job commanding stage presence. I thought that this show was just a little bit rough around the edges just in terms of both choreography and vocals, but it's something that can definitely be improved with just a few more weeks of practice. But I did think that the show kind of moved fast at times and it, it gave me a little bit of like mood swings where like, all of a sudden you're like in one mood and then like the next song is like totally different. So just a little something there. The next show was the South St. Paul Southside Sensation show. I thought that this group, I was really happy to see them competing in the varsity division again. I thought that their women's number was a really fun piece. And I thought that their closer was a strong point overall for the show. I thought that this was a show that kind of got better as it went along their first two songs were kind of all at that same intensity and I thought that their energy was a little unfocused Uh, and then they brought the show back down with their ballad and then they had a good transition number and then a strong closer so I don't know when South St. Paul is going to be back in Wisconsin but I do think that they had they had a space cowboy themed show so that was it was a fun show to watch even if it didn't score the highest on the score sheet it was a fun show. Toma Here we go, I think this is after the lunch break now because my handwriting changed. Toma, you guys had a really interesting lead up to the show because I heard the theme in the read and the theme was meddling kids. And I'm like, is this gonna be like a Stranger Things show? Is this gonna be like, because last year's show is also a Hansel and Gretel show and that could almost be construed as like meddling kids. And so I was very confused, I would say. Confused is the best word to describe it. Uh, Before the show, I thought that the first song was just a really good numbered, you throw the bear out there, you throw the mystery machine out there, and then you throw also the Scooby-Doo-esque characters, I'm sure because of Trademark or something, they're not Um, But the characters who are dressed like certain characters from Scooby-Doo on stage thought it was great, got a very positive reception right at the start, put a very good mood for the set. A couple things I would say about Toma as a group, they put a lot of people on stage like they do every year, and I think that that's a really big advantage this year. The one thing I will say about that is that I was just looking for a little bit more deepness and richness out of their vocal sound there were moments where they were singing in unison and I was like oh man this could be like a really good even like two-part or four-part chord and so uh, there were just moments where I was like I think this group is capable of more Uh, it just it it just wasn't uh, I don't think in the cards for Saturday I thought that this was a show that almost bordered on being a story show. It wasn't really quite there. And then uh, I did think that it was classic Ben Shrunk choreo just needed to be cleaned a little bit. And this is something that I'm saying a lot and it's the first competition of the season. So it's a pretty, pretty common thing just to not have that choreography be cleaned to the way that you would want it to be. Nina Vintage was the second group after the lunch break. I referenced this before. They came out with a very small group. Like it almost looked numbers wise, like a prep group had walked onto the stage. And so that does mean that every single member of the group has to bring it. And I thought that they did in a way. I thought that their second number was very interesting. Uh, It seemed almost out of the 1940s or 50s, just with the band arrangement. And then Dominic Mattis had some really good, appropriate stylistic choreography for the song. So I liked that. This one, kind of on the flip side of Toma, I thought that although they only had 24 members, there were moments where I was like, that's a nice chord or like that sound has a lot of depth. So I thought that Nina did a really good job with that. Uh, I just thought that vocal endurance did trail off towards the back end of the closer. And also the first number was a little bit rough around the edges. Altoona's locomotion was also at Colby. I thought that this was definitely a group that was a step up or two from when I saw them at New London last year. And I think that that's saying something, especially considering that this is their first competition of the season and they still have room to grow yet this year. The guy with the red sunglasses and then the girl with like the white flight goggles were definitely the two standout performers of this group. I thought that especially like the guy, because he had the solo for basically an entire song Uh, did a really good job of commanding the stage and then the girl with the flight goggles. uh, Altoona has like individualized costumes this year so that's why i'm saying like certain costume descriptors so they did a show about i think it was like some kind of board game or like some it, it was like almost like a haunted house type theme but not really. i thought that they also did a good job executing their choreography. i thought that their vocal sound was a little bit wide and unfocused at points uh and i'm also Just going to say that while this is an improved show from where I saw them at last year, last year they did do a song by my favorite band, Moon Taxi, and they're not doing any Moon Taxi songs this year, so it was a little bit of a bummer for me personally, but I'm sure nobody else really cares about that. Moving to the last few groups that I saw at Colby, we have the Mayville Cardinal Singers. They're doing a Beetlejuice set this year, so of the musicals sets, they are doing a Beetlejuice set. I thought that this was a show that was very similar to the Mayville show that I saw last year. I thought that the sound kind of like Toma was like a loud sound and they did well for the number of performers they have on stage. I just wanted a little more fine tuning of their vocal sound. There was a moment in the middle of the show where they had like dead air in between a couple of their songs where like the stage entirely cleared out and the band was silent before one of their soloists came back onto the stage and I thought that it was it did drag on for a few more seconds and it was kind of awkward a little bit and then you had to wait a while for the ballad but I thought it was a good ballad too I did think just and I wasn't running a timer but I do think that this was on the longer end of shows that I watched but they did keep the audience I believe entertained for most of the set and so it was a very uh, good finals berth for them and Um, This definitely hopefully will set the tone for a good season for them the Eau Claire Memorial Old Abe show choir. I was really impressed with the numbers that Memorial put on stage this year And I was also impressed with the theme. They're doing a theme about the monster within so different flaws within personalities uh, Because everybody's done the monster show, but I thought that it was a very unique take on the monster show I thought that the choreography was very unconventional But I did like it, so shout out to Kyle Aiden there and his creative work with the group. I did want a little more sound and blending from the male members of the choir, Uh, I just left a little bit to be desired there, and then they did go with the classic britney spears toxic closer i did think that the energy dropped a little bit so just working on keeping that energy up through the closer and then one thing that i did note just kind of sitting a little bit farther back in the audience you really got to work hard to get your facials out through the full face makeup Uh, it is a little bit harder with that full like white paint the over the entire face makeup to get your facials out so you just got to work extra hard at that throughout the entire season the final show that I saw was the North St. Paul Northern Lights. They had very complex choreo right off the bat. I could tell that it was just a trademark Nick Kwame set just based off of the kind of flow of that. I thought that the vocals were a little bit weak in the start just for the amount of performers that were on the stage. I thought that the ballad was a fine song. I just didn't really think that it fit the theme of uh, the Phoenix. They're, they are doing a Phoenix or Rise from the Ashes set this year. And then their ballad, I just thought was a little bit out of place in that theme. The After the ballad, they had a transition piece where they had, I have it written down as a quintet. One of the guys in the quintet dropped his mic on the stage, but then he just kept rocking it like he never dropped the mic. So I don't know who that is, but shout out to that soloist who faked it until not until he made it but until the solo was over and that was good enough for me at least i i was still very much engaged with that song and there was a lot going on in the closer but i thought that the closer was a strong point this was another one of those shows that got better as it went along you may notice that i'm missing one of the groups from colby that is the Alaska hilltoppers the group that won the competition I initially was planning to see them but then the competition ran behind a little bit and I don't think I was going to be able to make it to Green Bay East if I had stayed for their show so regrettably I don't think that I'm going to see the Hilltopper show live this year so that kind of sucks for me but it doesn't suck for everybody that's going to see their show live. I still although I didn't see their show and I haven't had the time to watch it back on a live stream yet I do think that they are still in the driver's seat for the state this year. So that is my comment about the Hilltoppers. I would expect more of the same from them. From what I read, their theme is about the Paradise Theater. So I, I don't know of any historical allusions to that, but there might be. Now we are going to move into the preview portion of the episode. So how this is gonna work, we're gonna do out of groups that are competing out of state, and then we are going to go over the two competitions that are going on in the state this weekend. So the only group that is competing out of state is Logan's Class Act, which will be at the Linmar Supernova. There are five varsity groups for six finals spots. So I would say barring some very weird, like multiple prep groups, outscore the varsity groups type deal, no matter where they place in the varsity division and prelims, they should be able to make finals. It is against a bunch of Iowa groups So I really don't have a great prediction about how they'll place, except that I did recognize a couple of the Iowa groups as like very strong groups, such as like Ankeny Centennial. So I won't expect to be winning this competition, but hopefully the class act can make finals. The first competition going on in the state is the Burlington Chocolate City Showcase. And I guess that I've really never... Asked why it's the Chocolate City Showcase. There's probably some kind of historical reason why Burlington is the Chocolate City. I just know Burlington as the Tony Romo City, for those of you who know the former Dallas Cowboys quarterback. But, anyways, the Chocolate City Showcase is going on the lineup in the middle school division. We have Fort Atkinson's Fourth Street Singers and Mayville's Next Edition. In the prep division, we've got Mundeline Reverb and Wastosha Central Central Swing Inc. In the women's division, we have Fort Atkinson's Lexington Singers and Green Bay Preble Rendezvous. And then in the mixed division, in order of performance, we have Ford Atkinson, Janesville Craig, Reedsburg, Mundeline, Hamilton, Mayville, and Preble. So just doing a little bit of analysis on this mixed division here, it is one of these seven group mixed divisions. So unless they pull a turbo and say everybody's in, there will be somebody left on the outside looking in. I think that the biggest two question marks just coming into the season are Reedsburg and Craig. Neither of them have performed yet this year. And these are a couple of groups that I think could have the potential to swing up or swing down depending on where things go so those are two groups that i would definitely be looking at another interesting group in this is mundelein they are the sole group from illinois at this competition so on paper they do look like a group that is capable of winning this competition when mundelein has come to wisconsin they have placed very competitively their at the time single gender groups have as well now they just have one mixed prep group reverb so it will be interesting to see how mundelein does i would also say groups contending at the top of this competition would be Ford, atkinson preble and hamilton and i think that those are just all kind of in a jumble right now i would say that with none of them having competed last weekend i would say that these are three shows that are all very similar in the level that they will be at and i honestly i would say pick and choose any one of those three to come out on top of those three. And then you factor Mundelein in. At this point, I would say Mundelein probably has an edge based off of past performance, but this year's a new year. So I would say that it could go any way. And then I would think that Mayville is kind of solidly at that five spot. I would say they're kind of below those first four, but then uh, above those final two. So that's just kind of my take on the mixed division at Burlington. The other competition is the Onalaska Show Choir Classic. This one, obviously one of the more competitive competitions in the state for a long time running. This year does not disappoint. Their non-competitive middle school lineup on Friday, we have both of the Onalaska middle school choirs, both of the choirs from the lacrosse middle schools, and then we also have middle school choirs from Holman, West Salem, and Sauk Prairie. So a very stout middle school field as well, which is something that I had been concerned about a little bit this year, but it turns out so far that we're doing fine there. Their prep division on Saturday, we have Nina Act Two and Cedar Rapids Jefferson Ovation. And then in the women's division, we have West Salem Vivace, Sauk Prairie YTBN, and Milton Octave, Octave Above and then in the varsity division we have the Cedar Rapids Jefferson Westside delegation, Sparta's Upstage Adrenaline, West Salem Sensation's, Milton Correlation, Nina Vintage, LaCrosse Central Grand Central Station, Monona Grove Silver Connection, North St. Paul Northern Lights, Sauk Prairie Executive Session and Bemidji Vocal Motive. Lots of things to talk about here in this competition. One of the things that i first want to say right off the bat is that right before i started taping this episode they announced that the miss america for this year will be the guest showstopper judge at this competition this year miss usa is from wisconsin and she was a native of wausau her name is grace stankey so that is like incredible that your show choir competition has the power to pull a Miss America on for a showstopper judge and so that is absolutely crazy so I, I would say that that is a great thing that they have going for them also the schedule is a little bit wonky the schedule posted on their website has Cedar Rapids Jefferson's varsity group performing in the middle of the prep division and then their prep group going in the middle of the varsity division so i don't know if that's just like a typo on their website and somebody flipped the group names around or if that's like actually happening it would be pretty crazy if it did i don't really buy that it would hurt cedar rapids jefferson's chances of making finals I really think that the difference is kind of negligible, whether they would be performing at like 11 or like three. So I don't really buy that. Just something to look out for. If you are planning to attend on Saturday, you may be treated to a prep group in the morning. Uh, You may not be. But besides that, there are so many storylines at this competition. The first one is that this is Bemidji's last year with the only director their program has ever known, Chris Fedig. For those of you who don't know, Chris Fettig fell in love with the idea of having a show choir program at the Onalaska Show Choir Classic in the early 1990s So then when he had the opportunity to at Bemidji, he started one and the program that he has built has turned into nothing short of a regional powerhouse. So this is, I wouldn't call it a swan song for Bemidji because that would insinuate that they would take a dip in performance after this year, but it is their last year with their director. And so I would say that there is a little something extra on the line, especially for them being the returning champions of the event in terms of who could potentially challenge them i see two main competitors number one is one that i have already talked about in this episode and that is lacrosse central i would say that if they somehow managed to steal a caption or a win from bemidji it would make them the most white hot group in the state i would say that then they would perhaps be give on alaska uh, some troubles if they do ever compete against each other this year which i don't know if i do i don't have the schedules in front of me the other one, and all of the same applies if perhaps they would beat Bemidji, would be Monona Grove. I mistakenly said in the season preview episode that they are directed by Brooke Crego and Ben Eklund. That is wrong. Those of you who have listened to that whole episode know that Ben Eklund is a choreographer, not a director, so I do apologize to everybody at Monona Grove. Their co-director is Eric Getner. so... I do apologize for that, but Monona Grove, like I said in the preview episode, I do think will be a very solid show this year. So I would say that those would be the two groups that I would potentially seeing giving Bemidji a challenge. If anybody does, there's a chance that Bemidji just comes out head and shoulders above everybody else, and it would be far from the first time that something like that happened. The other main storyline that I wanted to talk about is that this is a direct rematch of West Salem and Sock Prairie from last week I think that West Salem was especially in the women's division really kind of an upstart competitor and so in the women's division we will see who comes out on top this time and also in the mixed division they were only one place away from each other so it will be interesting to see do both groups make finals do only one of the groups make finals do either of the groups look on paper significantly better or significantly worse than they did last week at Viterbo. I did not see a live stream from Viterbo. I don't think there was one that existed. So I would not be able to say if their show's improved or not, but that would be interesting as well. And then you also have a couple groups coming in from Colby and those would be Nina and North St. Paul. I would say that Nina would perhaps be a bottom half of finals group here with the show that they had at Colby. I don't know if there's a ceiling much above that for them and that is with no improvement. So of course you have rehearsals, your show can improve and then your ceiling can go up. And then North St. Paul, this competition is tougher than Colby. So seeing where they would slot in as well, I think would be very interesting. And then of course, you also have Sparta jumping in to the varsity division this year in a very, very packed first competition of the year. So if they make a finals bid, uh, that would be fantastic. And then the last one would be Milton making their debut under their new director, Bryce Hesterman. So lots of storylines in this Onalaska classic. The episode of the download next week will hopefully have follow-ups on all of these storylines and plenty of analysis as well there's a chance that everything i say just goes completely off the wall and i'm here sitting like like a fool again so tune in next week to hear me confess that i don't know anything about show choir with that being said That is just about time to wrap up this week's episode. Once again, please go listen to episode 47, which is a trio of interviews. The sound quality is not the greatest. I did not edit them at all. So the ums and ahs and things that may sound like comma splices or run-ons, that is how they went. And so I hope you enjoy a more unfiltered look at the download. Thank you to all of the listeners who sent in information about either this week's competitions, last week's competitions, or about certain choirs. I do appreciate all of it. Also, thank you to the Burlington Bejazzled Instagram account for sending me the schedule to their competition. I very much appreciate that as well. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or thoughts, please feel free to get in contact The Instagram page for the podcast is at wishowchoir. And then I do try and do some fun story things and repost choir posts and things like that from time to time. And then if Instagram direct messages are not your thing, there's also an email account for the podcast. And that is wishowchoir at gmail.com. I will not be going to any competitions in Wisconsin this weekend, but I will be at the UNL Midwest Cup in Lincoln, Nebraska. It is going to be my first taste of Nebraska show choir, and so I'm very excited to see what they have in store there. I will probably make a note of it in next week's episode, although of course, with this being a Wisconsin-centered podcast, it will not be the focus. So please, everybody, if you are competing, best of luck. If you are traveling, safe travels. And this is William Sokey saying goodbye until the next Wisconsin Show Choir Down. <laughs>